This is Medrash Tuchuma, Parsha Shlach. We're talking about the 12 spies, and this is entitled, Did God Set Us Up for Failure? So it's very interesting because the opening line of the Psukim might lead you to that conclusion. After all, it says, This was a direct command from God to send the spies. And God, of course, knew that this was ill-fated. So seems like perhaps we were set up for failure. So this is where the Medrash and the Talmud fill in the blanks. Because we find out, first of all, that in, in uh, Sefer Dvarim, Moshe, when he's rec recalling all the events, he says that it was actually the Jewish people that approached him first with the idea, saying, we want to go and you know, check out this land. Even though Hashem promised that it was a good land, we want to check out this land. So that's already a problem. And then if you are careful about the words, Shalach lecha anashim, so that sounds literally like God is saying to Moshe, do this for your sake. In other words, I'm not saying it's a good idea. If you think it's a good idea, I leave it to you. In fact, the Talmud goes far as to say that Moshe perhaps, one opinion says that Moshe perhaps made an error and should have realized that this had a potential for disaster. So now you see that it wasn't such a slam dunk, but let's keep investigating this. There is a Rashi, which comes on very forcefully. It's interesting that Rashi draws from the Medrash and the Gemara, but Rashi uses its own words, very strong words. It says, Chayechem shinoten lechem makom let'ot bedivrei meraglim laman lo Yerushua. God is saying, so to speak, I swear to you that I'm going to give you room for error. And based on the what these uh, messengers come back with, in order that eventually you're not going to be able to inherit this land. So it sounds very, very strong. And uh, the question is, what is it? What's the issue? What, what, what's the psychological back, backdrop going on here? So perhaps there's something about seeing bad in good is something that I think the Medrash is trying to bring out. Because you have two instances where the Medrash fills in that God was doing miracles and they were perceived as not only not recognized, but perceived as bad. One of those miracles is that wherever they went to scatter a certain town or village or city, God arranged some kind of plague where everybody would be caught up in these big mass funerals so that nobody would be paying attention that the uh, spies are there. They wouldn't get caught. But what did, how did, was this interpreted instead of you know, saying, wow, aren't we lucky? We always seem to have a situation where we're safe from being uh, discovered? No, they said, it's an Eretz Ochel Yoshveha. This is such a terrible land, it eats alive its own people. Everybody's dying all over the place. And of course, the second famous example is the huge fruit that they found. They could either say, wow, what an amazing, blessed country. We have big fruit. Even in Shuk Machanayud, you can't find fruit that big. But no, you could also say, hey, this fits the the narrative of it's impossible to conquer because you've got these uh, you've got these giants and this is giant food, right? Uh, don't ask me why it was chosen as the logo for the state for Israel tourism, but that's another matter. And in fact, it's even worse than that. Not only did they say that it's difficult to difficult to conquer, but there is even a source that says that they that they imply that even God. Even God can't conquer it. So there's one last thing we perhaps want to cover in our discussion is, okay, so it was going downhill, but couldn't God 
sort of shield us from these bad things? Did we have to, did we, God knew that this was going south, couldn't, couldn't God help us out? So the Medrash brings some parables to bring more depth to the story. So one of them is, you have a king who chooses a bride for his son and she's beautiful and intelligent and mature and spiritual, everything you could ever want. And, and he says to his son, I found your bride. And he says, you know, dad, I swear I don't trust you. I need to see her with my own eyes. I need to meet her. I can't just go by what, you're, what, you, what you picked. And so that's a metaphor. You know, the, the king actually says, you know what? I'm gonna show you, you can meet her, but you should know I'm gonna show you what you could have had, but you are obviously not ready. You're not, you're, this shows that you didn't trust me. It shows that you're not, not even ready for someone this special, this mature, so you can't marry her. Uh, and that's sort of a beautiful parable that basically what's going on here is the Jewish people were simply not ready. They weren't at a state where they were ready to come into the land and act in a responsible way to keep, to, to stay in the land and appreciate the land. The other thing the Medrash uh, amplifies is, you know, this, this the talk about grasshoppers that they looked like, that uh, we thought of ourselves as grasshoppers and they looked like, and when they looked at us, they saw grasshoppers. So the Medrash says that God said, you know what, if you have, you know, if you think that in your own mind you're grasshoppers, you have low self-esteem, I can even forgive you for that. But the fact that you think that they looked at you and saw grasshoppers, that I can't forgive you for. Because how do you know they didn't look at you and see angels? In other words, how do you know they didn't look at you and say, wow, even if they discovered you, these are, these are the powerful Jewish people. They have a God who, who split the sea and they have a God who freed you from, from the biggest superpower in the world. You know, these people have God behind them. There's, they're unconquerable. That's, that's perhaps what they were thinking. I mean, we know, you know, 40 years later when uh, they were, you know, in the story of Joshua sending spies and uh, the, that, that prostitute named Rachav told the spies, we're still shaking in our boots from uh, knowing that you split the sea 40 years ago. In other words, there was a tremendous fear among the nations. Uh, so you can't, you know, you have no right to say that they looked at you and thought you were grasshoppers. You might have your own inferiority complex, that's good, but don't, don't, you know, don't, don't, you know, read into what they're seeing because, you know, that is not the case and God could not forgive them for that. The bottom line is, is as if what the Talmud often says, So, if you want to know why God let this happen, God lets things unfold in the way that, that you it is an individual, the nation, the way you want it to unfold. God is not going to micromanage our actions. That's not the way the world works, both on an individual and national basis. Uh, you know, punishment, tough times, setbacks, these are opportunities for growth. And we were just not ready, so we needed to have this setback and we needed to grow so that at a later time we could go into Israel and perhaps be more appreciative then. And the bottom line is that what you see very specifically in this story is not only that we, you know, good things happened to us that we didn't recognize, but there were, that we saw bad and good. There were miracles that even happened to them and they turned them around and instead of miracles, 
They were considered like minefields. Have a great Shabbos.